Welcome to season two of Press Play and Run. We're back. We're still the podcast for everyday runners, and we're still the podcast to take out with you in your long run every two weeks. My name is Ryan Miller, and I'm your host. And today I'm delighted to be joined by two fantastic guests in Sophia Thane and Chris Downey. But before that, I want to take the time to catch up on what's new and what's happened in the few weeks since I last spoke to you. I'd love to say it's been relaxing. I'd love to say I've had my feet up enjoying the sunshine, but there's been a lot going on. Recovery from the Edinburgh Marathon's gone particularly well. Um, I managed to get about a week of full rest and then ease myself back in with one eye on the ultra coming up in August for the Devil of the Highlands. I go back to some gentle stuff with the club, enjoyed myself for a couple of weeks sort of running off plan and then my friends at Cooper Coaching Run App have really helped me to get organised for my ultra training by involving me in the pilot of their ultra plans so I'm delighted that they've put something together for me and I'm now back to the grind and sticking very much to the plan. So I'm very much back on plan with August 12 in mind, 42 miles, 6,500 feet of elevation, need to get it done. What else has been happening since I last spoke to you? That it's been PBs aplenty in the Miller household. Unfortunately, none of them are for me. But both my boys, Josh and Brody, uh, PB'd at Park Run. Their times are starting to tumble at a rate of knots. Where we're now officially refusing to let them come to adult Park Run just in case they happen to finish before Nicola or I. And Nicola also has PB'd in 10k in her first race in five years. More of that to come. What else is going on? A couple of races that we've had. Run the Toon, a 10km race in Kilmarnock. Fantastic local event. That was scorching that day and I went all out, pushed myself, tried to run sub 40, finished 11 seconds shy and had the kind of sunburn that had me peeling in layers for a good week or two um, afterwards. Followed that up with the men's 10k and the women's 10k in Glasgow and that was our first ever Press Plane Run podcast meetup. Just the absolute best day. The run itself actually went out a bit easier than I did the week before, but ran a similar-ish time, just a little bit slower, but not by much. But all glory went to Nicola on her first race, as I said, in five years. So that she was amazing. She finished her 10K and I think, just touching on the hour mark. But we were joined on the day by over 40 listeners and friends of the podcast uh, in between the cheer squad. And then we went back to the pub in Glasgow for a couple of hours all sorts of people arriving. It was brilliant. People that didn't know each other, people we'd never met in person from Instagram. We even had the likes of uh, Paul Fit Mike coming all the way from Carlisle, fresh off uh, completing the wall ultra marathon, the 70 miler. How he even managed to walk to George Square from wherever he arrived from, I don't know. That was uh, an incredible effort. But it was just such a fantastic day. Everybody lodged themselves into it. Connections were made. At no point did I feel like I was having to sort of facilitate the day. So many good people get into the same space that are like-minded and you just start to see friendships and connections flourish. I couldn't have been prouder of everybody that turned up in the day and it was a nice wee moment actually just to sort of stand back and see where the podcast went from, you know, 14 episodes ago to, to that moment where there was a real sense of community. We had badges, we had banners, we had cakes with the podcast logo and none of it would have been possible without the support of some really key friends and supporters of the podcast. So I want to say a particular thank you to uh, to Alison, Emily, Kaylee, Kirsten and Susan because without them that day simply wouldn't have happened or gone as smoothly as it did. Well done to everybody that ran on the day as well. The, the cheer squad were fantastic. They actually appeared in the official 10k video and we saw, I met Ellie actually, one of the race organisers that also organised 
Edinburgh along with Gina. We had them on the podcast previously and it was nice to bump into early on the day and I did miss Gina, but we're hell-bent on, on definitely catching up at the first opportunity we can. I also had a small matter uh, during that break of being announced as the Lululemon run ambassador for the Glasgow store. So if you follow me on Instagram on Scottish underscore runner, or I think I've put it on the Press Play and Run uh, podcast account as well, you will have seen that I was leading a 5k, a 5k social run from Lululemon with Amy from the store. I think we had about 20 out on that night. Again, another really hot one. And when I got back to the store, they'd had a, a surprise sort of pop-up event where my kids were there. Nicola was there waiting to surprise me and they officially asked me to be ambassador. So that's going to be a year-long ambassadorship where we look to really sink into our local running community, build a bit more diversity in it, widen access to running, lots and lots of potentially exciting uh, things to come and you're going to actually hear more about it during this episode because one of today's guests, Chris, the week before was announced as the Edinburgh Lululemon Run Ambassador, which I didn't actually know at the time when we set up this uh, interview. So a little bit of serendipity, it couldn't have played out better, but I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to Jenny, the store manager, to Nicola, to Amy and to the rest of the team at Lulu Lemon Glasgow for the welcome that I've had. It, it feels very surreal to even be asked to do that, but I'm absolutely going to throw myself at it and I'm hopefully going to use that opportunity to lift others around me to hopefully inspire some people uh, to begin their running journey, to keep going with their running journey or to push themselves beyond what they thought they were capable of. So bring it on. Uh, this next year promises to shape up to be a very special one in my own running and I can't wait to share that experience with you through season two of the podcast. With the podcast, we're going to stay every two weeks, uh, keep that manageable. I've got a good few guests lined up. I've managed to record a few in advance and I'm just really excited to get back into the, the groove of the episodes. I did ask over the summer for some feedback on season one and I've got some really good key ideas from people, bits and pieces, things to lose, things to add. So hopefully we'll work them in as we go. I'm not going to ramble on for too long at the beginning of this episode because it's a fairly lengthy one with the dual guests there and we cover a lot of the things I would like to speak about in the, the episode anyway. What I will say is thank you again to all the new followers. We had so many from the banner on the day at Glasgow. So if this is the first time that you're hearing us, I hope you enjoy it. Please take the time to go back, have a listen to what's been before, drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you get them and spread the word. The best thing that you can do for me is support the guests that come on here. So let them know, show them the love, reward them for the time that they're giving to us to share their stories and hopefully that helps in turn us to keep being able to uh, get good guests in. I hope your own running's going well. I hope you've survived the heat and you're probably like me welcoming a bit of the drab usual Scottish summer that's starting to arrive now. But whatever you're doing, keep getting out there, keep lacing up the trainers, press play and run. It's now time for me to hand over to my conversation with Sophia Thane and Chris Downey, two members of the Edinburgh running community that also have a connection to coaching. Sophia, as a personal trainer and run coach, has amassed a large following on Instagram, gaining the respect and credibility of the community through her hybrid plans for running and lifting that supports her clients both in the Edinburgh community and online. Chris, as well as being Sophia's training partner, juggles his work as a teacher with his own running and his coaching. He's about to embark on an incredible challenge that we'll hear more about in this episode and he's also recently been announced as a run ambassador for Lululemon Edinburgh. I'm delighted to be joined in Press Play and Run by Sophia Thane and Chris Downey. How are you both? Good. good. Yeah, we're good, yeah. thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And I should have started, Sophia, by asking if that's how you pronounce your surname. 
is yeah although like the amount of things i get through the post that are like sophia Payne. Pain. well that might be quite appropriate for the brand <laughs> making people lift and run it's it's 90 percent pain um so i've obviously got with me today then two people that are completely sunk into not only the online running community that i have become a part of in the last year but also the local community and chris and i as you'll hear have found something new in common very recently the stars have sort of aligned with this because sophia and i had planned this episode literally months ago when we met at the lululemon run retreat um and yeah. bathgate remember we'd spoken about because i wanted to really dig in and around ultra running um yeah. i wanted out edinburgh marathon out the way and then i thought i want to get some people when i'm starting out in this ultra journey that have been over the course and can talk me through it so we'd spoken about it i thought it would be nice to get chris on with you because everything i see of both of you you do a lot of running together yeah, he, he seems to be able to drag you through the, the tougher bits and, and I've learned more and more about your running, Chris, as we've gone on. So it was it was perfectly aligned for me anyway with just the ultra running. And then we've had about five things that have happened since. And I thought this is I could probably actually have you both on for a whole episode and more each. But we'll get to that. We'll get to all of that. So I want to start off. Sophia, by just asking you to tell me a wee bit about the beginning of, we'll start with the running. When did that come for you? And then I'm going to get to Chris and find out when his own running journey started. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've always kind of included running, I suppose, in my life. I've played a lot of team sports growing up, although it wasn't kind of directly running. I guess it's kind of subconsciously running because you're playing football and netball and hockey, maybe even like interval training style of thing. Um, but it wasn't until lockdown that I actually started taking running like seriously as a sport. And I used my one walk a day to get out of the house and go for a run. And I just moved to Edinburgh as well. So I didn't really know anywhere. So I was just kind of leaving the house, going for a little jog, walking when I felt like it. I remember doing like the lamppost walk run kind of style thing I had no idea how far I was running what I was doing um and then one day somebody told me about Strava I didn't even know the Strava world which is crazy to me now because now it's one of my favorite apps um, and I logged it on my Strava and I think it was 7k and I was like wow that's amazing like I didn't even realize like I was running that far um and from that moment the running bug just started and then I signed up for my first race, which was actually an ultra. <laughs> so just skipped a few steps. As you did it. Uh, yeah, did. Uh, back to front. Um, and I had no experience with that. I didn't even know that that was going to be more of like a walk run than a solid run. Um, and then after that, I just fell in love with that style of training. I, I need to. I need to even stop you here though, because let's rewind. Wait a minute. So you go from. First of all, your first run being 7K is not normal. So just as long as we're all clear on that, your first ever run out of the house. But then you make a decision, your first race will be an ultra. What on earth is going through your head at that point? No, I think I just wanted a challenge. And <laughs> no events were happening in lockdown. Like Yeah, oh, fair enough. And then I just looked up, I think it was literally Scottish running events. And there was one that was like an ultra on the Mull of Kintyre. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just do that one. I, there wasn't really much logic behind that. I won't lie to you. There was just, I'll just do that one. Um, and there wasn't a lot of, you know, solid training that was different to how you would train from like a marathon, to be honest, either. Yeah, I would love to hear the conversation between you as a PT now and a client telling you they want their <laughs> first run to be an ultra. 
and even the guys at the start they were like checking your bag and everything and they were like do you have everything they were like do you have your like uh like foil, foil black black. The mandatory cat stuff and like, can we see it please and i was thinking they're worried about me <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i realized that i don't think we spoke about that that day and Kess, what what about you? Where did you run the start? Please tell me it was a bit more um, traditional route than. Yeah, it was a bit more sensible. Um, well, to an extent. Um, Couch to ultra. No, so I was um, I was just coming out of school. No, I was still in school. Sorry, so I was about seventeen at the time, and um, I done a this like fun run ten k thing, and um, <clears throat> I ended up getting quite a good time. So I was like forty two minutes or something for a ten k. I was like, I want to do this more. It was more the, the charity side of it. So I've always kind of raised money for certain charities. Um, and I'd done the 10K and I was like, right, what's next? So the next was a marathon. So I just I wanted to sign up for a marathon. So I was 17 and I, at the time for Edinburgh, you weren't able to be, you had to be 18, I think, to okay. sign up. So I ended up using my brother's ID to sign up for <laughs> And like most people go up the town and all that, but <laughs> now nah, I'm entering races. Um, so signed up for that when I was still at school and then done that. It was the Edinburgh one that I'd done. It was my first one. Um, and then from then on, just got addicted to it. Wanted to do a marathon every year. Done that for four years. And then I took a break for quite a bit. And then as I came back, um, I started more going into the ultras and stuff. Did you take the, a conscious break from it or was it sort of, I'm taking a little break and then it lasted for... More more years than you meant. So I done the I done the Stirling Marathon, which I think and hopefully someone corrects me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's on anymore because I went to go and try and get redemption in a couple of years time, but I couldn't find that you could sign up for it. But I was aiming for sub three, and I was I had it anyway, and I was training for sub three, and I had it, and I was on for like two forty five, and I got to twenty miles, and my body was just like, nah, mm. you're dead. <laughs> Pretty much. Talking right. to the right guy after Edinburgh. It was, it was all going <laughs> swimmingly up to that point, and then then the, the wheels came off. I think they did run Stirling, if I'm right, I think it was last year. Somebody will correct us because that's what people do. But I know somebody I worked with, I'm sure he ran it. If not last year, then the year before. I think it came back. Not that I'm trying to force you into another marathon. Well, no, no I, would, I, I want to go back to that race and then correct the mistakes that I made. So after then, I just kind of, I was like, nah. This is not for me, <laughs> so I gave up. So, Sophia, your story starts out like so many people I've spoken to in COVID with running. Like, I think it did more for lunch and running than billions of pounds of funding than the government's done in the 10 years before it. Whether it's kept going or not, it's another thing. But from that point, neither of your two stories chime with most people's I've heard because you've moved on distances so quickly um, into that ultra and marathon world but were you doing the the strength stuff alongside this already or did that come after the running yeah so I started off as kind of your typical I guess we could almost call it like a bodybuilding split that was like upper lower push pull kind of style training um and I guess with strength training you follow like a very structured program for maybe a phase of say six weeks focus on progressing it and then change it sometimes it's a little bit longer but I find when you introduce running, like no week's the same. You are always changing either the intervals that you're doing, the long run that you're doing, the easy run you're doing. And I just felt like it was like a different style of training that I'd never seen before. And 
I think everyone can say as well, like the mental benefits you get from it too, mm -hmm. that it was just, I was like, I can't believe that there's a side of exercise that yeah. I've never like witnessed before. And I think that was what kind of made me fall in love with it so quickly and maybe made me increase my distance quicker as well, because I mean, in lockdown, there wasn't a lot to do anyway. Yeah. It's an ongoing joke in this show about my lack of strength training and loads of it I've said before comes from a lack of knowledge and confidence in the gyms. And I just don't like the gym setting, but also, that strikes been true for me you look for plans and it's a lot about like strength for strength's sake and i've i've found when i've ever tried that if you go too hard too soon it really impacts your running negatively like you've got doms and you can't run there so then i end up shying away because i'm like i'm going to miss two runs this week if i really go for that leg day that they're they're telling me so we'll get to that um sophia about the work that you do now and trying to sort of blend those hybrid type programs and i think that the market is becoming richer with these type programs. I see it probably pay more attention to it now, but it's very, very needed as well because not everybody wants to be in there, you know, getting PBs um, on deadlifts and then trying to go out and run the next day. And I think most runners, we're, we probably have like overactive brains that we want to be like outside and got all these things moving past us. And in a gym, it is, you know, more very stagnant. It's still, you're indoors. It's not as thrilling, but it's almost like, a needed piece that you need to do yeah. to get you yeah, able yeah, yeah. to do that running. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I'm establishing timeline then. Do you know each other at this point when you're in these parts of your journey? Like how, how long have you known each other? Yeah, so like we, a year? Uh, less than a year. So All right, okay. Running twins, I think it was like August. Yeah. August last year. Um, yeah. was when we first kind of got introduced to each other. <laughs> So it's not even been a year yet. And I only got introduced to Chris because I knew some of Chris's friends and they were like, we know a crazy runner like you. Yeah. Called Chris. And they kept talking about Chris and then we met and then we went for a coffee and we were like, yeah. Do you know what that means, Sophia? That means you were boring your friends about running and they were trying to find <laughs> somebody else for you to talk to about it. <laughs> exactly. I know another guy that might actually want to listen to these running stories and hear about Strava. <laughs> Chris, was your running a completely solo pursuit before that? So I used to run with Kerstorfin Athletics Club. So I ran with them for maybe four years. So I was still living at home. Then I moved up to Dundee for uni. And then I kind of, I was there for two years. So it was, it was hard coming back every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and as I left for the two years, and then when I came back after two years, a lot of the people that I was kind of mingling with I'd also left, so it was kind of strange going back. So I stopped. I stopped going. I still pay my digs and all that for for like events and all that. Um, yeah. But then, kind of, as I had all this time during the day because I uni and things, I, I was doing my runs then. So I didn't. I was like knackered by the end of the day. So I didn't want to wait until half seven to go to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I, I know. I should have. Or I could have. But. But you had also the prior experience of running with a club, and I think that does obviously having joined one myself not long ago. I mean, it excels your running at such a rate. We went in at 17. So I was the youngest in the group that I was running with. So you had all the faster people, and they were maybe the younger ones. But because I was taking my journey to go straight to the marathons, there wasn't many people doing that. So say I was 17, the next person up was maybe 35. Yeah. So I was running with a lot of older people. But invaluable experience coming away yeah. from that. And I, I will always reflect back on going in that first day or that first evening and 
there's a boy there and his name's Martin Caldwell, brilliant runner. He was like, well, for me, I was like thinking, this guy's a dinosaur. Like, I'm going <laughs> to smoke him. And I was so humbled by the first lap. So I'd done the first lap, overtook him. I was like, oh, easy. And then he's coming round, he's coming round and he's continuously going and I'm I'm fucked by the second lap. Absolutely blown. Aye, and then, but then you're just so aware of, of, of this world that you're entering that it's not always just about being young and fit and things like that. Like, it's a complete game changer. That's absolutely rings true. I was a, I played football before I was running. So every event I would do, I'd sign up for a 10K. I'm like, I'm fit. I'm football fit. Yeah. I'm really fit. And then I would bomb 400 metres and then I'd be walking by the end of 1K. <laughs> then I would bomb another. Like, And you'd end up with a half-decent time but the worst experience you could possibly have in a run, run walk like eight times in a 10K, it's madness. And it's just lack of experience. And then you go, and, as you said, you get humbled by, basically beaten by your dad around a track. <laughs> and you're like, ah, right, okay, there's something. And some of the fastest people I know are in that sort of 50 category and they've just got it nailed. They've, they've just got everything dialed in. Before then, I dig into the ultras and some of the, the stuff that's going on at the moment. When there's coaching and that sort of sense of starting to support other people come into both of your journeys. Sophia, if you want to kick me off on that. Um, so I started coaching two and a bit years ago now. So kind of after lockdown was kind of coming to an end, I'd finished university. I actually studied geology, which has nothing to do with <laughs> anything I do now. Um, so I got my PT course and I started coaching online. But because I was sharing my running a lot people were coming for running coaching and I felt a little bit naive how to do that so got my running coaching qualification and then it just kind of became a niche after that so around the two years ago mark um and now everyone I coach is a combination of strength and running which I find just like amazing to do when you're so passionate about it it just becomes it's so easy to do because you can just see exactly and having the experience as well you can see exactly where things are going wrong and how to change yeah. them and adapt things really quickly and did you have a significant online following at that stage before you started or did that come with what you do it kind of came with what i do i started my account in like second year of university so maybe like seven years ago now and it was literally just a food place before i would only share my meals i shared my breakfast lunch and dinner I was committed. And if I missed a meal, I was like furious. I was like, the people are going to be wondering what I'm eating. They probably didn't care. <laughs> no, actually, bizarrely, they probably did because that's the internet. I was having the same breakfast every morning as well. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it slowly transitioned into more sharing my running and then got more confident maybe. I think it's quite a scary thing, like posting yourself online too. So then got more confident posting that. And then I think more people came on board because they saw that you know you practice what you preach as yeah. well and it's not yeah. just on the screen yeah now i'll come back to something you said there because uh, i think i see that in both of you but chris what about you in terms of the coaching side so i've I, like i've always run with people whether they've, uh, they've came to me and said do you want to go run or if i see somebody doing an event and i'll offer my help and to some extent um but the first time that we met was initially for me to kind of get an insight as to how Sophia operates. You know, I've got one of my pals who's a coach as well, he, he, he was starting out at that time. Um, so I was just kind of getting jibs and jabs off different people. And then I put myself forward to be a running coach and just seeing to see where it went. Like my, my full-time 
job as being a teacher. So this was always going to be a side hustle. So I've not invested as much time into it, but I kind of like it that way because I don't need to stress about some of the things that Sophia yeah. might need to stress about. And if people want to come and run with me, then by all means come along, but I'm not going to lose if people don't, don't want to. It's difficult to juggle running with a career in education because mm -hmm. of the unseen hours that people don't not to get on a soapbox about teacher hours or anything like it. But that's a, that puts you in a very different position where you've got coaching knowledge and maybe something you'll juggle with moving forward is how do you transition between the two roles and keep a bit for yourself as well. It's I've been through all of that and I've come out. My hours are completely and utterly different. My lifestyle is completely different. But that's when my online bit came to four. I couldn't even have that social uh, i was a head teacher in the school you couldn't have your social media not locked down because people try and find it and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you know what it's like it's just so that putting yourself out there and sophia you're talking about that scary bit even posting your running everything in me still says nobody wants to see that why are you posting that you still get that little bit of doubt yet now by over the last year and watching what you two are doing people do want to see it people want to be surrounded by others that do it others that care others that want to lift each other up and yeah. I see just a ton of credibility and both of you doing what you do because you practice it. And that's you, Sophie. I see you out doing the run, the ultra. I see you doing the lifting that you're writing the plans for. This is not somebody peddling influencer style program that they've never done in their life. And Chris is saying the authenticity of what you do. That makes more sense to me now that that's not the full time job. Because I did wonder about, I thought that was more what you did for a living until I saw a post about school, you shouting at a child today about how many <laughs> laps they can run. <laughs> I, I think Chris should be a professional pacer, though. No. no. I think this is a niche. Just, not to seven-year-olds, though. Not no, seven-year-olds. No. But people would come to Chris and they'd be like, I want a PB in my marathon. He would just run it beside them. Do you not think you should do that? Oh, yeah, I mean, you seem to be able to do it over any distance, so why I'd not? I'd love to be able to do it, but I'm sure I tried to you before that. There's no danger that I'm holding up one of those big signs. There's yeah. Sub four above my head, no chance. No chance at all. So. I, I think I know enough people now that I can maybe make that happen. Just we'll make them do it, Sophia. Get yeah, one I'm... of those big flags in the boombox behind them, playing the cheeky girls while he does a sub four. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> or there was, no like, there was a guy at the bottom of the hill in Manchester and he was playing like, come on, pump it up. <laughs> No, Chris, that's in your future. What about for charity? Oh, you do. I, I would do it for charity. I'd do anything. I'd, <laughs> not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sell my soul, but I'd, I'd, I've got so much time for the charity I've raised money for. So if they ask me to do something, I'll slightly consider it. Well, that, that's a route in. 100% that's a route in. I want to ask you about the charity, and I don't want to jump too far ahead to talk about Project Wales yet because that's that's to come. But this your relationship with Health and Mind Charity stems back and I know that because I do an insta stock before I ever speak to anybody so this is not something that's new can you tell me about the whys um without potentially me diving into something I don't know what I'm asking no 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 I'm, I'm I'm very open and honest about it so I first came across health in mind when I tried to commit suicide uh, four years ago four or five years ago and they like the bottom line they got me through so much in terms of providing me the support teaching me like the tools on how to facilitate a mental health problem so I've always from that like kind of from that day not been not not that I owe anything but I just feel like I want to give back to an extent and because now I'm in a position where I am able to do that then I'm going to use my time 
to the best of my ability to be able to help other people that are involved with the charity or, or are going through similar things. That's a, a huge thing and I'm, I appreciate your openness. I, I wasn't going to dig in too much into any area that you don't want to stray into. But can I ask, because I think it's incumbent on us when we come through maybe the other side of something like that or an experience or whether it's any mental, mental health type episode, what was the catalyst for getting in touch with a charity like Health and Mind? So if we've got one person that sits and listens to this and thinks, you know, I'm in a bad headspace myself right now, running might be doing something for them, but it can't solve the world's ills. It can help as a coping strategy. What was the catalyst for you actually getting that support? To be honest, I, I just stumbled upon it on Google. I typed in Google, like mental health support. And that was the first one that came up. At the time, I was very open to trying out new ways and, and how I could facilitate it. And I'd never been to a, a peer support group before. So I thought, I may as well give this a go. Like I've done everything else under the sun. Um, but this was the one thing that it was just new to me. So I went along one week and it was a game changer. It changed my whole perspective on everything. Um, didn't change me in terms of the headspace that I was in straight away because that's never it's never going to happen. But it did allow me to to go back, and I think that's one of the big things. Is like it wasn't. I went once and was like, this doesn't work. I didn't know if it was going to work. It gave me a, it gave me a bit of hope. Um, yeah, I think that is so important when you're in such a horrible place. Um, you need as much hope as you can to yeah. to, to know that you can come out of the other side. Yeah. Nothing fixes everything. Nothing no. can fix everything. But that bit of hope, that one more tool in the box might be the one that unlocks yeah. something else. And um, what we will do to anybody that is listening to this and has maybe been in that headspace, knows somebody that is, we'll put the the, the links to that charity in the episode description. Um, and you can also feel free to DM any of us. We'd be happy to pass on those details. But complete transparency and openness you'll get any support that that we can offer not that we're trained experts but i appreciate you talking about that what's been the the journey then in supporting them in terms of fight like how many events have you done for them so i've done journal groups to land's end two years ago but i attempted to try it <laughs> <laughs> but raised a bit of cash for them then they've got project wheels come up as yeah. well yeah there's part of me inside well part of me that's like uh I don't want people thinking, oh, fuck, here he comes again doing another thing. So you need to kind of do something that's out of the box. To, yeah. to, to, Run around Pretty much. Just to, yeah, no, just as you, you do. And, and there's a big, there's a massive thing about if you're doing like your first half marathon or marathon or something, but um, and raising money for it. But I want the reach to be a bit bigger. So doing all these mad things might catch the eye of someone that didn't before. And yeah. Then, more money to the charity is, is always the goal at the end yeah. of the day. So. And exposure and awareness. It's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not as hard. That I, I tend not to do many events for charity for the same reason. I feel like I'm going back to the same people. As, but but there are so many other ways you can support that with your time or, or that raising awareness. That you're saying about Project Wales, something about out there, that doesn't even feel that mental anymore after hearing that Sophia went from couch to 5K to ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now I want to start of move your running. I know has taken you to different places. I've had a look through your Insta to see what you're doing, but I want to really kick off with, with two things. One with you, Sophia, cause it's not just running. You're not just involved in running. You did high rocks. Yes. Um, I want to ask about that before I, I move into it. Cause I know so many people right now that are starting to, that's, that's gained huge exposure for me. I've only really seen it in the last six months, but I can see an explosion in it. Can you tell me 
or tell people listening what it is first because not everybody will know so basically it's i think it's called in quotation marks a functional fitness event which i think just generally means like a combination of lots of different styles of training um but it's essentially an eight kilometer circuit and between each kilometer you perform another method of training so you run one kilometer then you go on the ski erg um, and perform a kilometer on that then you run another kilometer and then you've got a sled push and then another kilometer and a sled pull and there's essentially loads of different exercises in between these one kilometers so it's about essentially it's a big running circuit if you're a good runner you are going to do really well at high rocks because if you say you're doing a one kilometer loop and you know somebody does it in six minutes but you can do it in four you've saved two minutes off oh is it and is that a timed is that how it works is it first to complete it's kind of like you get you get an overall time domain okay. and i think you can save time on your runs compared to the other circuits you know there's only so fast you can do the lunges yeah uh, but you can save a lot of time on the running so i really enjoyed it because i've never been the strongest person in the world but i felt on an equal path (laughs) with other people because it was a running circuit as well but it's so much fun especially as a duo because one person goes and does like the ski and then you can rest and then you jump in so it's almost like a style of interval training um and doing something with someone because running can be quite lonely too when you're actually and stay um it's so much fun and you did it as doubles yeah we did it as a doubles so what's Um, that one circuit each so you both do the run together okay. and then with station, one person is working, one person rests and you can just swap in when you fancy. Um, and it's just essentially how quickly you can do it together. So now it's just like, you start the next one, you start. <laughs> so it's just quick communication, but it's good fun. Um, and it's over within just over an hour. So yeah. uh, compared to doing half an hour marathon, it's not any specific length of time, but it's good fun. It's good. Six months ago, I'd never heard of it. And now I feel like, every second person i speak to a lot of runners seem to be obviously gravitating towards it and that makes sense why now um yeah. i'm asking as if i'm interested personally i'm really not like i'm not <laughs> going to do it i'm just asking because i think it will that i know a lot of people that do it and what i love there is sophia is doing the actions for an audio podcast so i, I can tell you there the erg ski was outstanding chris told me it was recorded <laughs> the video does record i just don't put it anywhere but that's good I, I will clip some of it for socials so there you go it might be that bit um but yeah no it is good it's a good event and yeah it's definitely taken off in glasgow i think it sold out super super quick yeah. so i can only imagine that they'll hopefully bring i, I see people going to like germany to do it and all sorts now just like flying all over the place like a marathon type thing chris have you done it no chance you not, I, I, I would do it but at the moment, at this moment in time, now, like it's no. not. I can, I can do all the. <laughs> that's, that, that's not what it looked like when Sophia did. I'm just saying. I see my form's no good. That's why she's the PT. Chris was starting a motorbike there. <laughs> <laughs> I could, like, I could, I could do the running part, and I probably could, like, if I put my mind to set out training to to, yeah. to do it, it would be something. But at this moment in time, how much strength work do you do? Um, so I've got a coach um, who's my pal, but he's a coach. Um, so we do two gym sessions a week, and like this is coming from somebody that didn't do any of this stuff. Like, this was I've kind of the same as you mm-hmm. in a way that like you didn't want to be knackered for the next again day for the run. So I just ran, like I just ran all the time. But then 
kind of getting introduced to like I knew it, I knew it was always there. I knew you always needed to have it, but having a better understanding of it from a different perspective of someone and saying like, no, you need to do this. Yeah. Order to do this. And it just kind of made more sense. Um, and then like part 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 of it is some days you kind of want a break from yeah. running. And your body actually needs it. I've learned so much through the marathon block. Like there's you can get away with it up to there. It doesn't really matter up to a half marathon. I think you can get away with it, but that marathon block and now moving into the ultra, it's just, that's where my body will break down before anything else. I think as well, like you can maybe say the same, but I think especially with ultra training, because a lot of it is walking uphill. I find that if you've got strong legs, you can get up that hill quicker and endure more than other people. So if you've got stronger legs, like, okay, you might not be faster than that person on the flat, but if you can get up that hill quicker and then get back down the hill, yep. you're going to end up in a better position. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You're out for such a long duration of time, depending on what your ultra event is and depending on how fast, per se, that you're going. You're there for like, what, five to ten hours, depending yeah, on... I think that'll be my sort of range. I'm doing the Devil of the Highlands um, foot race. So that 42 miles and a couple of Monroe's in there. So it's going to be such a huge undertaking when your body's not used to that stress. And I think as well, like almost when you do it and you're walking, you almost feel like you're cheating because in a marathon, if you walk here, you you Mm -hmm. might think of yourself as, you know, a a fail, even though it's not. Um, But there's so much walking that needs to be done in an ultra just because you can't. You can't run run up the hills, but you'll be absolutely knackered when you get to the top. So Ah. then you won't be able to run. No. The downhill. This is a very natural segue into speaking about the Ultrax Scotland, which you both ran in. Am I right in thinking you ran it all together? Yeah. Yeah. Chris yeah. Is like a stone throw away from me. Yeah. There was, there, was some, some, there was some points where I was just a little bit ahead, <laughs> just so that I knew that she was had something to chase. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes when you need that, but sometimes you need the carrot, some days you need the stick. Ah, exactly. Um, and when when we knew what we were going for goal wise after the second day, then any help is always going to be beneficial. So the Ultra X Scotland, Sophia. I do you remember when the run retreat was that we did with Lula Lemon? Because I can't even remember. Is it September? No, was that? Am I, am I miles out? It was definitely winter sometime. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was March. No, it was this mm-hmm. year. Was that this year? Yeah, that was this year in March, <laughs> September. So, so Sophia, that Lulu Lemon run retreat that we did in March of this year, it was definitely cold. I remember having to wear a base layer when we were running. Um, but I spoke to you about this event, so I was already aware of what it was. It's a two-day, 110-kilometre yeah. sort of stage race. Um, it looked from your experience like two very different days in terms of demand and how you felt. But I'm going to lead off by saying finishing third place third female which is just outstanding work and Chris I did know you were running but talk me through then day one of that event because that seemed to go completely swimmingly for you Sophia yeah so day one I actually don't think I faced any issues at all and I actually wish it was all in one day because I actually think it would have been better but the first day was tough it was a lot of walking it was basically a Monroe slapped in the middle um a lot of 
Bogs. Bogs. We kept loads of bogs. Our feet were soaking and we kept manifesting they were dry. We were like, I love how dry my feet are right now. They're so dry. Telling yourself um, the lies. Yeah. Um, and a lot of just not unrunnable parts. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was like an amazing route, amazing scenery. Um, but just all trails, just complete trails. Um but yeah, that first day was good. It ended up being sixty-five kilometers. Uh, uh, so they give they give a an approximation. An, uh, an approximation, but you would think they'd maybe say it's like <laughs> well, thirty-two miles plus or minus ten miles because they ended up doing an extra ten yeah. k or something. Right? Yeah. Like, Is it marked? Or are you navigating? So it's marked, but like the flags are. Sorry, I know I'm using my hands again. No, it's fine. It's fine. This whole thing's going on YouTube now. I've decided. Let's go. <laughs> flags are the size of your thumb, and I was like, I was squashing them. So I was like, so I was like, the people behind me are not going to have a clue where they're going because we're just squashing them down. But like, if you weren't looking, you would uh, get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd get lost. That's so cool. I think we were we were blessed in terms of the weather. Mm-hmm. These these flags were tiny with with very little reflection on them so if it was Rena, you wouldn't be able to see it and, and i think they have had it a couple a couple of times where people have got lost or they've went an extra like five or six miles in one oh, kind yeah. of you you ran an extra bit didn't you in day two yeah uh, it was about like so it was it was the, i don't know maybe less than 0.2 of a mile whatever that is in kilometers but yeah because you're doing it over so many miles or kilometres throughout the day, it all builds up. Yeah. If you say if you're an extra half mile every mile you're meant to do, you're doing an extra half of the the distance in total. Yeah. So it all does add up. It doesn't seem like it at the time. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at your watch and you're like, oh, there's many of you 34 miles and you're hitting 34 yeah, miles and, you're and like, you've I'm got three miles to go now. and you're like, oh no. Yeah. That's, that's such a mental battle. battle. That was the, and then that was part the of the route as well, like Chris genuinely got stuck in a bog oh, up to yeah. his hip. And he was like, Sophia, I'm stuck. And I was thinking, I can't pull you out. Like, you, you're you there now. Maybe you, you, li- you now live here, the swamp yeah. monster. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm third. You're holding me back. But luckily this guy came out and yanked you out. But you were stuck. I was stuck. So if that, if that guy wasn't there... Um, no, no, I wouldn't have been still <laughs> there. You, you wouldn't still be there now. Uh, no, he was, if he wasn't there in the, the time that he was, I would have been a lot further in. It was like sinking sand. Not that I've ever been in sinking sand, but it felt like that. But then we were saying, like, if you weren't with someone or running with someone, uh, be, it might be quite scary yeah. because, well, I would have been terrified if that was me. Um you're there until somebody else happens to stumble upon you. And that could that could be like another 10-15 minutes, depending on where they are in the race and where, where you've been. So well guys, you're doing a great job of making me shit myself even more about ultras. Because I was already in a bad place right now because it's real and I'm having to now train and now you're telling me about sinking sand and bogs. So brilliant. I think the West Island was pretty hard. I've walked it before. So I don't think I should die in a bog, just in case my wife's listening. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you'll be fine. You know, you'll but it's time to check the insurance policies just in case, Nicola, if you're listening. Um, yeah, I think I think it's fun because there's lots of different types of terrain, and I actually think like I did the Manchester Marathon with Chris maybe like three or four weeks before we did the ultra, and I actually found that harder on my joints just because yeah, yeah. like you when you're running on tarmac for so long, 
like it's just the same impact but when you're going uphill you use more your quads and then when you come downhill you're using more like the front of your shins maybe more of your like knees areas and when you're running on the flat using hamstrings and glutes so like you kind of give everything a little bit of a good nothing really gets or sometimes I'm like yes a hill I get to walk a bit and then yeah I just find like it's just less impactful yes a hill i get to walk about i'm going to that's my that's my new mantra that may be my t-shirt in the back of your mind at all times yeah so that is you mentioned that already um about as a road runner and that's all i've really done i've hardly done it in fact i don't even think i've ever had a trail race at all and i've never done cross country see that notion of slowing yourself down and walking and not feeling like that's a bad thing that's something i'm very much still struggling with even on a training run I ended up out and I thought I'm going to go a nice easy pace and I was started as my splits went in Strava I was just getting faster and faster because my mind's telling me hurry up you can do that I was trying to get time on feet and I ended up running like 10k pace (laughs) madness it's almost like you just need to drop the ego and just be like yeah yeah and it's just a different type of it's a different ballgame yeah yeah. so that I completely understand that so like coming from always pushing for that sub three goal in a marathon to then go in for an ultra and you're, you, you are like, I don't know, you could you could look at it as looking at the, the general norms of what's a good time. But if you're doing these events for the first ever time, you, you've just got to do it for completion. So that, then that's, that's my yeah. only goal. And it's, and it's, it's a difficult thing to come away. Like if you were doing a 20 mile training run and you might have been doing it in, I don't know, two hours, 15, 20 minutes or something. And then you're then doing your next training run and you're doing 20 miles in three hours and 10. Yeah. There's a massive, massive gap in between, but mm-hmm. you've got to think of the bigger picture and think, T- well, the time I'm, on feet. Aye, I'm 20 miles in. I've not got six miles to go. I've got another 22 miles to go for your yeah. case. We're doing mm-hmm. 42 miles. So it is, it is definitely like a hundred percent difficult coming away from the shift in mindset, but it's doable, like it is doable, and I yeah. found how I can kind of switch in between thinking that I'm going to go a faster run now, or I'm going to go my slower run now. Yeah. So like, like you have That's that. a, I think I've got a wee bit of fear somewhere ticking at the back of my head about losing losing pace. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to slow down, and then when I'm done this, I, I can't, because I've built up so much in the last year. I've got my paces right back to where I want them, and just mm-hmm. a bit scared of losing them, but... I'm I'm definitely planning to hit more elevation in this training now because I think that will be the thing that says you have to slow down. I need to stop mm-hmm. running. I need to get more elevation where your body's forcing you to say this is the sensible bit to walk at. And another point on that as well is like at no point did we finish like day one or day two and we were like, what was our time? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I didn't finish it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got that time. It was just like, we finished it. Thank um, God. Yeah, but, but when, when they put on the end, Page like that the, she was sitting in third that was like like we've got to go for this now. go time uh, it's go time now so yeah even them putting up like the time like that didn't that doesn't even make sense to anyone because it didn't even make sense even to me no. i was like i don't even oh, so so i'm seeing you in third place and i didn't even look at the time because it's irrelevant when you don't have a frame of reference for it yeah, exactly yeah. exactly and then i think each ultra as well like you might have a 50k which has 200 meters of elevation or you might have a 50k that has 2000 meters of elevation and the time that you would cover both of those would be wildly yeah. different. So, yeah. So let's move me on to day two because I want to speak a wee bit about your experience of a completely. This is a two day 
race, you've had two complete polar opposite experiences, but I want to dig in a wee bit to the mentality side of that. So first of all, tell me about day two. So, well, day one evening, I actually cheated a little bit and stayed yeah. in the hotel. Yeah, I didn't camp. <laughs> needs to go back and do it. I don't think that's cheating. I think that's that's all right. In my book, that's fine. I woke up the next day and my knee and the hip were in agony and in a way that I was like, if you do this second day, like you're going to be absolutely ruined when you finish this. I was like, Chris was there and I was like, no way, is he not going to let me do this? (laughs) I had no sympathy for the hip and knee when she came back to the campsite after the night of sleep I had. (laughs) You stayed in the campsite? I stayed in the campsite. I wasn't, I, I said, if I'm going and doing this event, I'm going the full shebang here. Like, I'm taking it, taking it all, all in. So I stayed in the, in the campsite and to no surprise, had the worst sleep I've ever had in my life. And I'm, a, I'm a people person and I like talking to people sometimes, but... That was just, that didn't, that was too much. It's it's hard to get sympathy, Sophia, from somebody sleeping in a tent when you've just rolled out of a hotel. (laughs) So, so the long and short of it is he's saying you're running and then you start running. Yeah. And then there was was a guy that was like, I'm going to try and run a bit before we start. So I was like, I'll try and do that as well. And I was thinking, no, that's making it worse. So I was just like, when we start, we start. But like, I would say most of the second day was runnable Mm -hmm. in theory. Like it was all kind of hard packed trails or tarmacs. It was all very runnable compared to day one. Yeah. Um, but because you have so much fatigue and like every step for me was genuinely 10 out of 10 pain. Like I was in agony. Um, you just, it just becomes so much harder. So we were just doing run to that gate and we can uh, have a walk and then we'd be like, right, run to that cow and then we can walk and just like having little ball points to, and breaking it down as, as much as we could, not not to like, well, we'll run 10 metres, but like yeah. having yeah. things that you could yeah, see in yeah. the distance that were achievable. Achievable goals. Exactly, exactly. And I think that made it so much easier um, to, much, to, yeah. to, to go around on that second day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we took a detour as well at the start by accident. And we ended up, what was it, like a kilometre out? Because I remember when we went around, it tells you not to follow anybody, but there's me following people. So took us the wrong way. Just assume that they know what they're doing. And then you turn around and you see everyone else going the other way and they're like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) We see loads of people pass us. Um, And then obviously at that point, I knew I was in third, so we were just kind of like, oh, my goodness, this is so frustrating. We need to go. I want to ask you both this separately because I don't know if it's necessarily the same answer. Where does your head go then, Sophia, when you're in that place where the knee, the hip, this would be, I'm trying to put this in my head as this was probably the last 10k of that marathon in Edinburgh when the sun was just frying me. I was practically gone and you start to have the doubts about am I even going to finish this or where does your head go and how do you bounce back from it? And I'm going to ask you the same, Chris. Um, I don't know. I think my head just goes to just telling myself that I can do it and just I think my thing is just I want to prove to myself that I can and every time you do prove to yourself that you can I think it then just makes everything at home just feel really small or like other challenges you face in life just seem a lot smaller because you know you can get through them like I think if I'd pulled out at that 12k mark I'd be still be sitting today be like annoyed at myself and frustrated but I think going through that and then 
just being able to push past that hurdle but I don't know what I think about in my head I think I'm just you're just in your head and you're just frustrated really? and you're yeah, like just time. just keep going mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's the only thing in my head. It's just like, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. It's such a hard thing to articulate, isn't it? What happens in your head in those moments? Because it's not always clear. Where where do you go, Chris? But it's the very situational. So depending, so obviously the, the ultra was a big, massive event, but you compare it to other things I've done. So it wasn't... Land's end, John O'Groats, that one may, maybe be a good one to ask you about there. So I kind of think about... You always think about your why. So if you are raising money for charity, you're thinking about where that money's going, thinking about all the people that you're kind of helping. But if even on like a training run where you're kind of in your head, you just think about why you're doing it, the bigger picture, and just always relating it to, to, to going back to there. So I think having your why, like why am I doing this? What's it for? Um, it's always like so important. I said, I was saying that to... I went to like a meeting with the the health and mind people, the ones that were running in the Edinburgh thing. And they, I was thinking, of like I was in my head thinking, because I was meant to go there and tell them how amazing Edinburgh is. And like Edinburgh is a good route, but you know it yourself, it's out and back, scorching heat. Yeah. You're, there's no hiding, no hiding at all. Um, and you are in your head. You, you, you get to that point where the wee house is at the, at the other end, and you've got to turn back on yourself. That's that's the bit. That's about where the wheels came off for me. Right. And I think that bit is, for me anyway, I have done it three times, and it's always at that bit where you kind of think, why am I here? Yeah. And then having that why to then push you to go backwards, it push you to go back to the start. Um, I think for the ultra, it cost us £500 to enter, so I was thinking there's no way I'm traveling. <laughs> To pay all this money to no finish this. So that was definitely an incentive. At least you saved another hundred in the hotel. Ah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But aye, always having your always having your why. Yeah, I had my why in, but it was a, it was the other kind of why. Like, no, no, but why am I here? Like, why am I doing <laughs> Like you were a you were a happy five K runner, why are you here? Yeah, yeah. But then but then as Sophia says, if you if you gave up there, um you'd be raging. And yeah. It's such, it's such a surreal thing because I knew I was never going to not finish, but there was plenty of doubt almost like you can't keep going, you can't keep doing this. But I knew I wasn't going to stop, but yeah. I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't get my head straight. I just couldn't actually be reasonable with myself at that point. And it's, I think, I'm hoping I won't go to the same place in an ultra because all of that was on the limit all the time, chasing a time. And this yeah. is a different experience, and I'm sure it'll be in its own kind of tough. And Chris, we're going to speak about your challenge coming up in a minute. That's going to take you to places physically that's that will be un- unknown to most people ever. Um, and you're going to need to remember your whys all the way. I'm always interested. And I think it's something I want to know from guests more in this season. Now that I've done a bit more distances, what keeps you going? Because it's it's completely unique to all of us. Sophia, congratulations on that result. Chris, you ruined it by getting stuck in the bog. You cost her time. She might have been second. Oh, no, no. I was definitely on track to be second. <laughs> you didn't get stuck in the bog. I wait to, well, I'm going to change the title to this episode to say Sophia was moving flags so the people behind her couldn't find them. <laughs> Intentionally trampling flags. The time difference between I third and some, fourth. I told some people and they were like, that's why I got lost. And I was like, oh no, I'm mortified. Um, I, I'm, I'm just toying with the order to go in here because Chris, I want to get to Project Wales, but I think this is probably the right time to talk about what's gone on for the two of us since we had this in the books. Now, mm-hmm. 
this will look completely like I had this sort of, I knew <laughs> what was going to happen and I've had it all. This is all about stars aligning and just dumb luck on my part. So as I said, Sophia and I met at the Lululemon Run Retreat and I had kept up my relationship with the Glasgow store people because of the podcast predominantly and the running community. So they've kept their connection up with loads of people that were at that. And a lot of them that were there were former guests of the podcast. So there was a bit of probably I was at the middle of that red tape that joins everybody, the, the red strings. We did a couple of meetings, found out about a bit about that ambassadorship. Didn't even realise they were asking me about actually interest in the ambassadorship. So I'm having a conversation not knowing that that's what they were asking. Like, honestly, I'm like the guy that doesn't know he's been asked out. I'm going, oh, that's, that's like, that sounds really, really good. And then uh, I, got a, I got a message later saying, so would you consider it? I'm like, oh, is that what you were? <laughs> honestly and jenny's probably had 40 minutes speaking to me having a coffee thinking is this guy ever going to actually take the, the take <laughs> the threads here um so they asked me about becoming run ambassador we had an event the other night my kids were at it they surprised me it was brilliant but one week before the bold chris here sticks a video on uh, instagram saying just announced as the Edinburgh Lululemon Run Ambassador. So you've taken over Edinburgh, I've taken over Glasgow, and I knew hee haw about it until you put that video up. So you need to tell me about the, the bit in the shop with the get the sign in the contract. I thought you'd sign I thought you'd sign for Hibs or Hearts. I don't want to no. guess which side. Well I had uh, I had two two brothers that played football, one older one, one younger one. And they, they played it to a reasonable standard and they got all their glory back in the day. So I was like, there's no chance. This is my moment. So I'm getting, I want the scarf above my head. And I want to sign the contract. So I got that all. I said to I, I suggested it to them. And they're like, why? <laughs> I was like, because it's funny. Just so let me do it. I, just let me have my moment, please. So they spent ages trying to find this big banner scarf. They didn't have any scarves because yeah. winter season. So I had to use this banner. And it didn't go above my head. So I had to go near my chest. Um, but it was a big day. Like it was, it was really. Uh, and, and as you said, there, there's so much more. They they see so much more in what I'm doing um, in terms of like Wales and where I want to go in the future in the next kind of year, which yeah. is the, the year long ambassadorship program. So yeah, they they've supported me. Like they they're, they're supporting me through Wales, and that was regardless of getting asked. Yeah. Anyway. And so by the by the same token, I think. The exact same for me. This is not maybe where they've been before in terms of previous ambassadors. It's something completely different. I'm not a coach to begin with. I'm an everyday runner. I think it's about community for them and really sinking into their running community. So I'm really hopeful that through the next year, because our, our time frame is going to align perfectly, we're going to be able to do some things to bring that Glasgow mm -hmm. and Edinburgh community together. Um, because I know so many people through there and you'll know that uh, the Instagram world connection doesn't really see that divide between Glasgow and Edinburgh. People are together all the time from those two regions. So hopefully we've got so many chances to 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 work together. It's a it's an amazing thing. I was delighted for you, but just what a what a just a quirk of circumstance that I had you lined up for this before. Like both of you probably wouldn't say it, but you're both very like approachable, but you're both very caring and humble. So I think like that Lululemon just works really, really well because like they want to big up running they want to get people into the community and like approachable people and people that care about other people yeah. albeit do amazing things themselves is the perfect character for that role so yeah yeah, yeah and we do our own kind of unique things it's not like we're 
nobody has to go out and do Project Wales the way you're doing. Nobody has to run the, the distances I'm running because that's not what my running was six months ago. It's not what yours was two years ago. But I think we've both now got experience of stepping into a club on the first day um, or stepping into a new space and how intimidating that can be and, mm-hmm. and, and being humbled and being being humble. Um, but it, so I'm delighted I've got somebody like you that can break down a barrier for people who are feel a wee bit on the outside looking in. That's always a goal is to make sure no, everybody feels like they can step into that world. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. buzzing for you with that. I think you two could make like Scotland. Oh, there's so like, many things. Because I feel like that... Scotland, like we've got such a big community, but like we also just like don't have like a meeting point. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like in down south they've all got big meeting points, but we just don't, don't seem have to have one that in Scotland. Sophia, I was talking to um Kilsaith runner Bob Burrow yesterday at the Glasgow Men's 10K. Um, so I, we had the podcast, first podcast meetup yesterday, and we had about 40 people there from all different parts of Scotland turned up, went to the pub after it and got together. It was a like, really overwhelming turnout. Um, but that's exactly what they were saying about like, just gen- like the podcast and the community. And it's not that's not about me and it won't be about Chris, but they're craving the space that they see in England or they hear in other podcasts that are for other. So it is about... I didn't think this was going to start out about being Scotland and it would be exclusively because I'm interested in other people's stories, but that yeah. this is a great opportunity to carve that niche. People want community, people want connection. So roll on, bring it on. I'm, I can't wait for it, Chris, and can't wait to see what we can do with it. But now get me to Wales, Project Wales. Tell me what it is, why it is, and when it is, please. It's been a year-long project that I've talked about endlessly to anybody that, I, that I'm kind of running with, but um, what it is is running the circumference of, I think it's circumference, yeah. or perimeter, whatever. If not, perimeter is the one round. There's the teacher coming out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out so you know what that, so it sounds like you know what it is, just for the sake yeah. of our profession. <laughs> I feel like um, I've learned that. Before. It is the perimeter. Ah, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> the perimeter of Wales, which is roughly around 1,047 miles. Um, I don't work in kilometres, so I don't know... The, you don't want to know because it's only going to be more. Ah, um, <laughs> and I'm wanting to try and do it within 23 days of of running. Um, so I think it works out at 45 miles ish a day um, for 23 days straight. Now that that that's just a base skeleton plan. Like that can change like the the, the elevation plot for the whole event itself is massive. Um, and there's some days where it's like, I don't know, maybe 400 metres or some days where it's like 1,000 metres. So they can all change, but um, I'm hoping to go within that time frame. Because being a teacher, you get you only get so many holidays, so you can you have to use them. That's another, there's something you're not going to get sympathy for. If Sophia doesn't get sympathy for the hotel, you're not going to get it for holidays. Right, so I'm, I'm try, I was trying to work it out to... to do it in summer, so big enough um, to to do something bigger, but still have a wee bit of time to to enjoy the holiday. How do people support this? Come to Wales. Uh, just come, <laughs> just come to Wales. If it's a fundraising to... attached. Ah, uh, so I, I'll, I'll send you all the fundraising. It's, it's for health of mind. Um, so that that will be in also the episode description. I'll also push that out through the stories. So if anybody's listening, and we all know, we, I say this all the time. If you're supporting, tough times for everybody, but a couple of pound each goes a long, long way. It's not about yeah. huge amounts. If you can do anything, be it's a very worthy cause. 
Yeah, even just even just sharing the page, right? Because I, I thought for for this whole year, I've had that mindset of like we are going through such a tough time in terms of people being able to give what they can give. Um, but the power of social media and the power of word of mouth is 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 far greater than what you can give in terms of money. So even if you share the page or tell somebody that somebody's doing it, then yeah. uh, just get my name out there. Nah, name out there and get get people knowing what I'm doing <laughs> and why I'm doing it. Like yeah. And then I, I just decide I'm going to get up and do this one day. So. No, and, and you've you've been open enough to talk about the whys of this charity, and this is a big gargantuan task that probably is fitting for what the role this charity's had in your life. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So kudos to you. I can only the only other person I've spoken to that's done anything as daft as this is a guy Jamie Ramsey that I had on in episode four of mm-hmm. last season. He he did he ran the Americas like 17,000 kilometers or something that was wild. Um, um, so that's worth, one worth going back and, and listening to what his experience and it, you, you remind me of him a lot. Very, he's, I didn't know he was Scottish when I spoke to him either, but wild, just there's, there's a mindset and a mentality there. And I'm sure that you're going to, you're going to give it everything you've got, do the best you can. What's your fears going into it? What's the hopes and what's the fears? So based on my last time trying journal groups was the logistical side of things. I've always kind of had it in my head, the running takes care of itself. Um, yes, you're going to have injuries. Yes, you're going to have wee niggles and stuff like that, but you can push through them as much as you can. But the logistic side of things always gives me the fear. Like if, I don't know, a tyre pops in the camper van or something like that, like then it adds stress on to me thinking, oh, I'm not going to do this. And, and for me... The, the last resort would be just to just to run. Like, I would just run away from it. So I, I think knowing that I can't do that, I, I can't just keep running. Like, that's not part of the plan. So I think the logistics, we had to kind of tighten it as much as we could, but it's a big ask. It's a big ask. Like, so logistical side of it is in um, having the support crew that's there. Who, who is supporting? Who's on support crew? Sophia's on support crew. <laughs> Driving the camper van. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see how Push it one day, pull it the next day. <laughs> um, so I've got Sophia coming down for a wee bit. Um, my coach, Ryan O'Donnell, he's coming down. Um, a couple of pals as well. And just anybody else that's got free time and wants to watch an idiot run around Wales, then by all means you can come down. <laughs> Wonder if I could get a. I wonder if I could get a road trip out of this. Hey, that's what I, that's how I offered it to people. I says, look, I've got a camper van, I've got free food. You can have all the beagles in the tower you want. Like it's all there. You just need to come down and sit with me in a camper van like, and run and run forty five miles. No pressure. One day. No, you don't even need to run. You're just behind the wheel of a car or a camper van. If you think I'm coming all that way to Wales and not going for a run, you're off your head. I oh, know. I will. Some people. Some people might. Might. Maybe like a ten You can come can, and do a thing. Can we make it? Can we make it a Saturday? We'll hit a park run. I need to get that international park run thing <laughs> in the go. Guys, <laughs> the camper van there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it's unbelievable. What a challenge it's going to be. But I've I've got little doubt that you're going to give everything that you've got, and I would put my wages on you. Not all of them, maybe ninety percent. Again, I've got I don't want divorced, but I put ninety percent <laughs> of my wages on you finishing it. So Sophia, that's 
kudos to you going to support it. I feel I've been talking to Chris for the last 10 minutes, but there's a reason I've been hanging off. He spoke about Lululemon and you had something else in the go. I didn't know if we were going to be able to talk about this today, but by the time this goes out, you're going to have announced. I've been asked to be an Under Armour ambassador. You're so understated. How exciting <laughs> is that in a scale of one to 10? A 10. A yeah, 10. that's 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 huge. You're, you're grinning ear to ear and you're actually, you're sporting the Under Armour right now, unlike Chris and I who are not wearing Lululemon. So how did that come about? Tell me. Um, so it actually just started with one email that, so it's a collab with Under Armour and Sports Direct. Um, and it did just start as one email and they were just kind of approaching me with the, like what they would expect me to kind of do for them. Um, and it kind of was quite a lot of emails back and forth. I think it took a month overall to kind of actually get everything confirmed. Um, and then when they sent me the contract to sign, I just couldn't believe that that was actually happening. Um, and yeah, I just, I just feel quite surreal and very grateful. I've, I've said to a few people that have asked me about Lululemon how it comes about. It comes about through authenticity and it comes about through good relationships and it doesn't come about through how th people often think it does, which is like, it's not about just the free stuff or that there's things behind this. There's a contract, there's expectations, there's, they're going to gain for, as much from you as you are from them. And that's the two way street that I think sometimes gets missed. And I've spoken about that authenticity, but what kind of platform is that going to give you? to elevate what you do in your business side? What I've kind of gained from that, I suppose, is they do three events per, so it's a 10 month contract. So within that 10 months, they do three events, which the first one's based down in London. So it kind of, it's like a shoot down in Battersea Power Station. So I guess it'll just give me access to so many more people that I didn't have before exposure to, um, able to meet them kind of make connections with people and and you've got so many exciting things going on i want to touch on that as well about the a strong girl society collaboration as well because that one has just launched now and i've seen we snippets of the reels this week and it's looking fantastic again i want to give you the platform to tell me what that is so not tell me what it is because i know what it is but tell people listening what it is how they can benefit from it the strong girl society is holly brooks's um essentially page that she's created and it's for to kind of empower women to achieve these goals that they didn't think that they could kind of achieve um and then holly started running and sharing her running journey which has inspired a lot of people and she essentially isn't a coach so she kind of wanted a coach behind her to support her plans and then we just kind of put our brains together with where we thought kind of the following needed help the most currently um, and we decided you know, a couch to 5k style plan, a 5 to 10k, which I feel like just doesn't exist, actually. Um, and I often feel like people do couch to 5k and then they're like, what now? Mm -hmm. And then there's no... It's an ultra, as we found out, is the next yeah. step. <laughs> <laughs> to do then. Um, and then a half marathon plan and they've all got um, strength included in them as well. It's, and it's delivered via a PDF on your phone, but you can click on the links and it'll take you to everything. Um, and yeah, it is a great plan and um, super exciting about it. Yeah. I, I did a wee bit of digging in when you when I saw the announcement and it's it's affordable as well. And it's going to give people that can't afford or don't want a coach. Like I don't want a personal coach, but if I was starting out um, and wasn't using an online app or anything or incorporating strength, 
it's a really, really good option. So buzzing forward you with that. I've seen the comment I've seen more than anything else since it came out is where's the marathon plan? So no doubt you're going to have to get straight to development work because there seems to be an appetite. I know for sure. I think you always don't know where people are at. And even in the original call, we were like, yeah, I don't think marathon just yet. But then most of the comments were, what went yeah. marathon plan? And we were like, okay, well, we might just, have to get- It just shows you the thirst, the, the thirst for knowledge that's out there. So many people run, but they just run without almost a clue of how to or why or you run because it gives you good headspace or you're they've got their why but this helps you get to another level so i will link to holly's profile as well so people can find it not that they need to i clicked on her profiles of like half the world seem to follow it um but <laughs> but i wasn't i wasn't aware and i would say that to you sophia i was like completely surprised that that's never been pushed into my sort of promoted feed um now it is because i clicked into your links it's i'm getting every reel that you two have ever done in your life um so i've seen the five thousand ways you can arrange a porridge bowl back in the day <laughs> uh, but that's you've got that going on you've got under armor going on you've got your own business going on it's it's a busy busy time so i really want to ask both of both of you this how are you able to prioritize your own running amidst this and still find that you're getting from it what you need how are you stopping it becoming a, a thing you have to do? That's a good, que- that's a yeah. good question. Oh, I, I'd get one eventually. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm finding it really difficult just now. Um, I do in-person personal training as well, like eight to 10 hours a week, just because otherwise I find that I don't, don't actually see other human beings and I actually do quite like spending time with humans. But yeah, it'll come to the end of the day sometimes and I'm like, I don't have time to train. And even though you're a PT and you're a run coach, I, there's actually just not enough time. Um, how you fit in? I think you just have to make it a non-negotiable and just put it in your calendar. And even if it is an hour, that you've got spare I'm like okay well it can only be in half an hour run you've just got to shorten it down um and you know treating that as it's part of you because if you've got a platform you've got to continue that as well because you know that's part of you and what yeah. you represent as well um, and obviously love doing it so it yeah. can yeah. fall off the palm wagon yeah I'm, I'm scared of that I'm scared of that with all of this on the go at the moment because it's so new probably for the three of us actually we're in a complete new space that you've never been in and I'm scared that the running be- almost becomes second fiddle and it's what it made it all happen for me in the first place uh, and I actually need it I, I need it for the reasons I've always needed it which is what it does but what about you Chris? I think so more recently having more stuff on and kind of making sure the preparation for Wales is all there and little, little opportunities that could that could be to expand into bigger things are coming up so a lot of the time I have been like missing my longer runs or missing certain workouts at the gym or things. And, and b- before that, it was more like I've always had to take a lot of sacrifices. And like, and I think that's what you, you need to, if you, if you have a want or if you have a why and then you want something so badly and then you become obsessed with wanting to get a certain goal or a certain time or you want to do a certain thing. I think sacrifice is a massive thing um, that you have to kind of have that non-negotiable conversation with yourself and say, well, if you want this, this is what needs to go. Um, so for me, like a lot of uh, I've stopped drinking kind of thing. Like I don't have any friends anymore. Like it's all, it's, it's all that I don't see anybody. I You've just, got uh, Sophia. Ah, you just run. So no, but I like, there is, there is a lot of sacrifices that you've got to, 
you've got to take, but I think it, it becomes apparent because that is the person that you are. Um, and you and you just go back remembering, like, yeah. I want to do this. This benefits me. There's a little bit of selfishness that comes that comes with it, but I think yeah. huge, huge amount. Actually, I've spoken about that marathon training, ultra training. You yeah. know, there's I've got family. Everybody's commitments are different in their life. You've got your work, you've got your PT, but you can't do everything at full no. tilt all the time. Something has to give, but it can't be the same thing to give all the time. Or I find that even in peak weeks of ultra training, like I would kept having just breakdowns because I was like, it's so silly. But even things like like doing your dishes and not doing a food shop, like those things add up and then they add to your stress because you're like, I haven't bought any food yeah, in stock yeah. and my dishes are still there and I've not cleaned my room properly. And it's all these little things that then spiral up and add up and then you just combust. She'd see the neck in my room. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you're going to run away to Wales and leave it. I'll just leave it. <laughs> and Sophia's been evicted from our flat, so like it's none of it's going to matter, guys. You're both going to be in a tent soon enough. I will be a reminder to you both about holding on to your eyes because the reason yeah. you are even at my attention is because of what you do and who you are. And I hope somebody holds me to account like that as well. Just keep yourself at the middle because it should never. None of this, none of this opportunity. I would, I just don't want it to take away from. What got is what got me here in the first place, and I think we could all probably hold on to a bit of that. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm so excited for for you both, and I've taken up a lot of your time um, tonight. But I could talk to you for hours, I really could. But I've got a way of finishing each show, and it's with a set of quick fire questions. Okay. Um, I've changed them a, a couple of them because people were starting to now listen to them and be ready for them. I was, okay. I was getting like completely polished answers by the end of season one, not having it. <laughs> We were we were both saying at the start like we had no clue what you were going to ask us. Yeah, no. I, I, I knew there was the quick fire questions at yeah. the end. I was like, I just, let's just guess what he's going to ask us to start. Yeah. With. No. And they're not the same anyway. But what we'll do is we'll go in order of Sophia first and Chris second because he's stuck in a bog and will be behind you anyway. So you're just going to I'll ask the questions. You guys answer them. I want what comes to your mind first. So no big deep thoughts, right? Sharp answers. Um, but see, you're saying, Chris, you don't know what I was going to ask you today. I didn't know what I was going to ask you today either. But just have a chat and see what comes <laughs> out. So, okay, start the quick fire. You ready, Sophia? Yeah. On your marks, get set, go! Favourite running shoe of all time? Under Armour, Hover. Contractually obliged. Chris? <laughs> uh, Mizuno's. Something. Something. Wow. Chris Mizuno's are. There's your runner right there. Doesn't matter because nobody sees. There's a bit that's getting clipped. He's holding his shoe up. This is this is going to need to be a YouTube episode. Mine gets Mizuno front runners. Sophia, favorite training route? Pentlands. Chris. Kames Road, which if you're unfamiliar with Kames Road, is a. It's an incline down by my but it's part of the the Seven Hills Edinburgh. Oh, I'm coming out to do that soon with somebody. You need to go to Kames Road. That's the yeah. make car. That's, that's I'm coming out to do the Seven Hills, so I'm sure I'll see it in the way. Sophia, favourite podcast? This one. Doesn't count. Not allowed it. Something <laughs> else, please. And the girls' bathroom. Sorry. Yes, I don't know what that is, and I'm so yeah, glad. That, I'm so glad to say I don't know what it is, but it sounds it. Yes. Um, I'd love to say I listen to podcasts, but I don't. So right, so you can have this one since you're at least listening to yourself. Sophia, proudest running moment. Finishing that ultra day two for sure. Chris, yeah, that's a hard one. 
first Edinburgh marathon. Sophia, worst race or running experience? Um, Edinburgh's half in September last year. Horrendous. Chris? Stolen marathon. Does just break you? Uh, it just killed me. But I, I died and came back a new person. <laughs> uh, Sophia, go to pre-run meal. So pre, so I'll trap what you're eating in the morning before you go. I'll train. Oats, golden syrup, a little pot, hot milk. That? That's it. <laughs> no, no berries. No, that's that. The, your, the gram does not show that. You've got fancy fruit all over your porridge. Don't you? You know, this thing, exactly. It's hiding the porridge, hiding the stodge. Chris, go to pre run meal. I think you've already told me. Bagels. No, bagels is doing. Bagels is doing. Okay. So, uh, Quaker's oats pot, then crushed up Nature Valley bars with almond milk. So oats on oats with almond milk. Also on oats, that does you for six days. Funnily enough, that's what I had in the morning in the Edinburgh Marathon because I was in a hotel. Those little pots, they're, they're, they're better than I thought they were going to be. Um, Sophia, if you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, what advice would you give to yourself? Slow down. Just take, go slower. Yeah, just go slow and stay in your lane because I used to compare myself to other people's Stravas. Um, don't do that. Sound advice. Chris? They go running with an open mind. You never know what runner's going to be there that's done so many things. You've got to be appreciative of every runner. Like it. Sophia, one inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by. Oh, gosh. You can't pick each other. Oh, <laughs> that. oh my goodness. It's not an... Ins- I'm going to say this woman's name, but it's just her as a person. But her Instagram is good too. And she's called, called Courtney Dewater. Don't know if you've come across her, but she's fantastic no, ultra runner. No, but what I'm going to do is get you to send me, share the profile with me, just in the messages, and I'll link again in the the, the episode description to that. What about you, Chris? It's, no, no specific Instagram account, but if I ever see a video with uh, David Goggins, it's always always watch it just to have a wee reminder even if i've seen it just just watch it just to... shouting and bawling at yourself stay tough in that getting battered in, in the day. <laughs> uh, the boats the boats need carried and, and someone's got to do it I, I constantly think to myself when i see his videos if you were running beside me i'd be telling you to shut the fuck up in two minutes <laughs> stop shouting at me <laughs> Someone hired him to go to their house for no a month and then they like oh, yeah, they got yeah. so furious at him. He'll nail it. It's like a, a mental breakdown just trying to have your oats in the morning. You're not yeah. going fast enough. No, that guy's a machine. Um, Sophia, run with or without music? Without most of the time, Chris. I'm without as well. Okay, favorite park run, Cranons because it's flat. <laughs> it's a pancake. I'm with you. Yeah, you got to be Cranons as well. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, from everybody that tells me, that's the Edinburgh equivalent of Strathclyde Park down my way. It's, everybody goes there for a PB. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sophia, finish this sentence. I press play and run because... I genuinely just love it. Chris? Run because it keeps me sane. That's, that's as good a reason, I think, as you can possibly find. 
Final order of business, guys, and you know how much I appreciate your time. And I've loved the conversation. I look forward to all the conversations to come, working with you, Chris, particularly following what you're doing, Sophia, because I think you'll be big and famous enough that you won't speak to either of us in about two years, probably, at this rate. You will own Under Armour or something like that. That seems to be the way it's trending. But final order of business is we have the press play and run playlist on Spotify, and it's tragically bad so far because people's song choices are just wild. Um, not what I thought I was getting. I won't point fingers at previous guests, but they know who they are. So I'm going to ask you both to give me your track that wouldn't come out of your exercise, gym rotation, running. Obviously, you don't run with music, but I know you're spending enough time in the gym. Um, so give me your track, please, Sophia. My favourite song ever. Oh, this is going to be terrible, I just know. It's just Run This Town by Jay-Z and Rihanna. I'm just obsessed with it. Every time I listen to it, it's like the first time I've heard it. That's been on my running playlist since I had a running playlist. So I'm I'm going to, and it's one I would probably never have admitted to had you not said it because it's so cliche for a runner. But I love that song. Oh, good. Right, Chris, hit me with it. So it's not it's not my favourite song at all, and there's so many great songs that are out there. But one that well, maybe over the last two or three years that's maybe maybe a year not give the guy the satisfaction but one that uh, really stuck and that is constantly played in times of when we're struggling or if we're at the gym or something it just resonates really well is um, Enter Sandman by Metallica Great tune, see that's got some credibility Sophia's is on borderline (laughs) yours has got proper cred Nah, it doesn't yeah. fit. It doesn't fit in the playlist because it's about the only song on there with credibility at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it comes from it comes from a boy that I run with. Um, his name's Sandy, and he'll love it. He'll be buzzing that I've said that. that Great tune. Chosen, but um, it just means a lot. It means a yeah. lot, and it gets you through some tough times. Like it's, yeah. it's like proper, proper good going. Like sometimes when you lose the why, you just need the how, and the, the music can bring that. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay, guys, listen, I'm going to finish it up there, but a final thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I cannot wait to see what comes of the next two or three months for both of you because it's so much. Chris, I will be in touch. I'll speak to you, but I know your head's full on Project Wales. If there's something we can do to support it, I'm going to look at dates. I'm going to see what we can do. I'm oh. sure I'm sure Lulu Lemon would love two of us to be running together. Photo up. Okay. <laughs> um, Sophia, by the time this airs, you're going to be even more insta famous with Under Armour spreading your your image everywhere. But <laughs> it's it's thoroughly deserved, guys. The credibility, the work you've put in, and what you do for other people. Um, I've already sent you a wee teaser of what the episode title looks like, but it is about lifting others. There's the pun in there for your weights, but <laughs> that's who you are as people. I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you, and I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on. Press play and run.